Are we in the screening area or are we live? Well, I guess we'll see. I know I've been unmuted. So one of two things has happened. Either A, Justin has me in the screening area, or B, we are live and I'm the one running the show right now. So we'll see how that goes in the uh, recording. Like I said, it's one of two ways. Any minute now, Alicia is going to send me a text message since there's about a minute delay. And she's either going to say, I can hear you, or I cannot hear you. And that's going to confirm one of two things. So, Alicia can hear me, but she can hear me, I think, at the same moment that that she hears me. So, like, right now, if she's hearing this in real time, she's going to type something to me in my text box. And it's going to pop up like real time or something like that. At which point I'm going to assume that we are in the holding area or we are live. And I'm going to treat it as if though we are live. So everyone, we're having some minor technical difficulties. And right now we are sorting through that. And we're going to get to that so that everything is up and running in a moment. Uh, I'm one of the hosts of one of our shows. um, And uh, my name is Charles. And this is a little bit of an improv moment. And see, one of the great things about doing shows like this is you're going to run into technical difficulties. And one of the things that we've learned over the years is that we do our best under under the most pressure And that's where we're at today. So right now, our main man, the big cheese, the head honcho, you know, we call him Captain America behind his his back and to his face. Uh, Justin is working on sorting through the technical issues that we're having. And like I said, this is either going out live, and right now everyone can hear this on the main recording, or it's not, at which point... That means Allie and I are in the waiting area, and she's the only one who can hear me, if, and you're still listening to music. We aren't sure which one it is, but given that Allie is hearing me with no delay, and I believe she's hearing me on the listening part, not on the calling part, and I can't hear her laugh at this, which implies to me that I'm the only one live because I heard the little thing go unmuted, ah, so... Wait, I think we've got Allie. Oh, hey, I'm in. What just happened? All right. I clapped my hands without drawing a transmutation circle (laughs) and was able to use that to run a line from my house to Blog Talk Radio directly and make the connection. Now, the question is, has Justin unmuted himself? Yeah, is Justin in here? And <laughs> I think he can hear us. I'm not he muted. says he is not muted. Yeah, so okay, I am going. I am going to read Justin's lines for him. 
I am no good at imitating his voice because he's one of the few people I've never tried to imitate his voice because I kind of like where all of my parts are. But, oh, God. Oh, I'm hey, I'm ha- imitate mine. I am not <laughs> muted. <laughs> okay, he's not quite that gravelly. Fruit no, and but he's got a button. Lots of Blue horn Putin. Okay, he's doing a Yo Sandy Sam in text. I really can't do his voice. His voice is actually higher than that, but it's lower than my natural one. So I got to drop one, two, three octaves. Not quite. A little higher. Right about there. Mm, right, nah. No, a little lower. A little no lower. A little lower. Sorry, no one can imitate No, that's Justin. true. I can't. I cannot make my eyes glow with fire at injustice. <laughs> I'm not like you know. Apparently, though. Was supposed to be on? Was it just a reintroduction of who we are? It it was, but we were supposed to also have Justin reintroduce who we are. <laughs> yeah. As in, like, why there's three of us. And why we all come together, even though we have very different viewpoints, you know, what we're fighting for in a real sense, I guess, would be the way to put it. You know, what our battle cry is, which our battle cry yeah, we, we right are now. We group of knights. Yeah. Right now, our battle cry is work. Blast it, work. <laughs> <clears throat> so are you sure so, that you have a chance to get to me, to get me on there's got to be something that you have to do for him that's unique. So, like, one of those... Who, me? I've done nothing. I was joking when I said I clapped my hand. All right, give me one second, everyone. This is either going to work or Justin is going to become half parakeet. Hang on. All right. Whoops. Ah, God dang it. Nope, nope, that didn't work. Yeah, so I think what you need to do is you need to draw out one of those circles with a star in them <laughs> and put different things on different points. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you can't summon him in? Even well, though he, he, he can't drink coffee. A Kermit. Okay. He just posted a Kermit, but he can't get in. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't drink coffee anymore. He doesn't smoke cigarettes. Um, he does still play video games. So, you know what? I could do, I was telling him about the game that I'm playing. So I guess we'll just BS for a little bit while we wait for him to get in here, and then he can edit that out or leave it in. I've been playing this video game called Persona 4 that finally came to the computer. I bet I've told him it's a really good game. Maybe if I, like, put that at one of the points of the circle, you know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm really getting into it. I love how it deals with the idea of the shadow self uh, from the Jungian <laughs> archetypes, but then brings it into the metaphysical ideas. Uh, you would love it, Allie. You would love it. It's well, it's one half visual novel. You know what? I think it'll run on a toaster. And the reason I say that is that it was originally designed for PlayStation 2. And it runs on PlayStation Vita, is what they ported. Can it you the hear me? Yes. Holy crap, he's here! I, I knew it would work. It was not working. Direct connect. Damn you, Block Talk Radio. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't, 
your 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 audio is clearer than it was the last two times we did shows. It is. I'm gonna have to meditate for the next 42 minutes to get over this. Uh, you know. Thank you, guys, for that very entertaining. <laughs> I went through my intro and everything. I want you guys, look, everybody, I want you to know I went through my intro. It was really good. You guys missed it, apparently. Uh, unless I go back on the replay and somehow my audio was mixed in there. And Now I'm on my phone because I'm trying not to um, tempt the log talk gods any further. <laughs> yes. So uh, these are the best kind of shows, I just want to say. These are my favorite. Do you guys remember? You know what this reminds me of? Do you guys remember um, I had uh, Connor Liddell on the show a couple years ago, and I was interviewing him and uh, the uh, Indianapolis Jedi. And for like a section of that interview, uh, it's in the bloopers. If you go to the YouTube our YouTube page, links are in the show description, you'll find – look for one of the bloopers, and it's in there uh, where – my audio, my blog talk audio just completely just drops off the face of the earth. And poor Connor, Connor is there holding the bag, and he does a great job. He just, he just rolled with it. I think uh, him and Charles are, are, are brothers from uh, different mothers because they, they both do a good job when bad things happen. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so this is well, Charles we're more, Alley. more glad to help. <laughs> This is Charles and Allie. Uh, because it's been so long since uh, we've really done live shows, and I know we did one a, a month ago or whatever, but I just want to kind of reintroduce people uh, to our team of uh, creative. Well, you guys are creative. That might be a stretch for me, but um, to our creative team here. So, uh, Charles, could you um, – Tell the folks a little about yourself, for those who don't know you. All righty. Well, my full name is Charles McBride. I'm a heavy set mystic who has uh, run the labyrinth for something like, what, 10 years now? Is it almost? Something like that. Eight or, eight or 10 years. Uh, the labyrinth is a show on mysticism, um, which... Sounds like that covers it, but really it started out as a show where I told people what not to do because a lot of what I learned in magic and mysticism and spirituality was learning through the school of hard knocks and darn near killing myself enough times with it that I got good at not doing that and doing everything else in a way that got results. And then it's kind of evolved now into a more teaching-based show that often pulls in pop culture as examples, because I honestly find that you get more out of pop culture than you do old grimoires at this point. Uh, old grimoires are very dry reading. They're even drier to talk about. And they don't honestly teach that much about magic. Not really. Not in the long term. We, I, as I said, as I said before, you'll hear me say it in my shows, We've learned more about magic and mysticism in the past 100 years, I believe, than we did in the past 5,000 that came before it. 
and I truly stand by that because we've got more of a researcher's mind and more of an investigative mindset than we did for those thousands of years before. And I think we've made great leaps and strides. And I'm one of those people that likes to see us push forward in that. I like to see people get good at this and succeed. Uh, I also cover topics such as things that are important to the mundane modern world, sometimes from a spiritual viewpoint, sometimes just from a, hey, I can't stand it anymore and I need to vent. And uh, those get thrown into the labyrinth episodes too. Uh, I was once told by someone that the uh, labyrinth is me and I am the labyrinth and that the two are indistinguishable and it would be a good idea if I felt passionate about something to run with it. So I do. Beyond that, uh, you'll sometimes hear uh, references to things like martial arts, especially boxing thrown in my shows, because I did a lot of boxing for a while before my uh, job became professional mystic, which is what I do for a living. I did a lot of boxing and now I do a lot of desk work because quite frankly, you run a business, you sit at a desk. So I've got a big background in what I used to do uh, when I boxed for fun. And I kind of bring that to the show because it's a lot easier to explain these things with an analog. Other than that, I'm a Knight of Awakening. And what that means is something that Justin's going to get to get into because I'm going to toss that ball back onto him in a minute. But for my part, what that means is trying to do a little bit better every day, not just for myself, or for the world around me. And it means being very harsh on myself and very compassionate on everyone else, which is not always my wisest choice, but it's my choice and I, I make it gladly and proudly. So that's who I am. Oh, I'm also a very, very wordy man. No, not you. I think that's probably the one thing they remember the most. Allie, tell us about yourself before we get started today. So Charles may be a very wordy man, but I'm a very wordy woman myself. However, I'm going to try to keep this one short. I have, (laughs) through the years, hosted... um, I'm now unmuted. Yeah, I I was going on. Just, just, just work okay. through it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So over the years, I have run Let's Read Group Building Stronger Citizens, which talks politics and uh, education to get yourself better prepared for things. I've also done a lot of um, trying to bring awareness to social media uses for disasters, mostly hurricanes, though I kind of took a break on that one this year. Uh, I've also run in the past Force Realist, which I kind of retired, but I'm considering bringing it back. And before COVID-19 started, I had planned to drop all of this at first and go with a new format, which I still want to do, called Lore Investigations, which may or may not get renamed, where we would explore culinary foods from around the world and stories from those regions. So like myths from history, Cherokee stories, and then I would pair it off with a Cherokee culinary thing. And it was going to be a team effort. I had two people that I was going to work with, and now COVID's kind of messed up. So um, you could say that right now I'm in the phase of redefining who I am for Nights of Awakening. I did post 
recently a, a class that you can do at your own pace sort of thing on Nights of Awakening and our stuff on police brutality. It's called Hard Truths and Real Solutions for Police Brutality. You guys can look that up. So, uh, yeah, that's that's me in, in pending what my next moves are going to be. And maybe with COVID, we're, we're learning more about COVID. Maybe we can figure out a way to move other projects forward. Very good. Thank you. So, Charles and Allie has been with been with me um, from almost the very beginning. Uh, David and I ran shows. We've been we started Block Talk Radio back in 2009, uh, June 2009. Charles and Allie were listening to the shows at first. Then they uh, they jumped in and we gave them some time spots and they've done a really good job. But they've been with me since then, so it's been 11 years. I've known them both for time before that uh, in the community, but uh, as far as Night's Awakening goes, we, we have just passed, this is August, so we're two months past 11, 11 years in doing this, um, and they've been with me every step of the way. So because you guys didn't hear my intro, I'm at least going to tell you that this show is brought to you by Knights of Awakening Publishing. The show is called Knights of Awakening Radio Program. I am your host, Justin Gates. And let's let's get on with it. <laughs> All right. Awaken the Night Within. This this is something that we came up with uh years ago, as I said like 11 years ago, that complements, kind of complements the name of Nights of Awakening. Um, it, it was designed to be some kind of catchphrase or something. But it really is more than that. Um, I didn't realize it first, but it, but it did turn out to be something more than that. It's become, for me at least, and I know probably Charles and Allie, that it's a statement of intent. It comes from ideals that are timeless. It has a purpose and a soul. It is thousands of years in the making. Not by me, of course, but by those who've come before us. The idea. It's continued by us now. And I hope, my hope is it, it is a, an ideal that has continued for thousands of years after I'm no longer here. Another quote I like to share a lot by Shannon Alder, heroes are not made. They are born out of circumstances and rise to the occasion when their spirit can no longer coexist with the hypocrisy of injustice to others. That's a funny, that's a funny word these days, injustice, because it really does mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, depending on their perspective, sometimes by their experiences. But what we take, what, what I take with me with this quote this complements what we're trying to, to accomplish here. Um, someone asked me not too long ago in, in, in private message uh, for a statement on the state of the world and that I should speak out. And I'm not going to get into the politics of any of this. I'm simply going to say what I said to them. 
for at least the last 11 years, we have made statements. We have made proclamations. We have put forth an idea that does apply. It's timeless. That are Those are the, the founding principles and the seven agreements. Those are, those are for me, the, the, the road, the path to being respectful and getting along. Respect, responsibility, fairness, and family are the four. And we're going to get into those uh, probably this week. If not, then the next round of shows next week. But when we talk about... When we talk about the hero, we like to think these kind of people are forged like iron in fire and pressure. They're hammered and folded again and again until the raw material is beautiful, sharp, and useful. But do we really have to wait until we are forged by circumstance? I mean, we can wait around for the right circumstance to present itself, like maybe if, if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world today, uh, you take one stance or the other, you can wait for these kind of things to happen, or you can decide that you're going to prepare, be prepared for a time when uh, these kind of people are needed and stand up and do the right thing now. You know, what is the right thing, though? That, that, that's, an, that's an even even bigger question. And that's not something I'm going to answer for you. I can only tell you how, what I think. And I can only tell you uh, the, way, the, the path that I have walked to, to what I feel is right. Uh, you're going to have to decide that on your own. But it certainly does start by deciding that you're ready to make this world a better place by first bettering yourself. It has to start there. If you're in no position to be better, then how can you make the world better? Many have tried. We always fall short when we do that. We have to we have to start with this mindset that we are gonna be better if we are going to make the world better for not just ourselves, but those around us. Those that I would consider to be the greatest of, of among us, of, of all humankind, they have some things in common. Strength of character and nobility deep down in their hearts. This is where we start, by making sure we have a solid foundation on which to build. Knights and the physical, the fictional counterparts uh, have inspired entire generations through tales and legends, through historical accounts and through their very actions, big and small. This word, knights, it invokes a sense of honor and heroism for me. I know it does for a lot of people and it can inspire great things out of people, especially in the face of adversity. And for some, it evokes an ideal of respect and honor of a long time past. But is it really past? I mean, for some of some of us believe that these these types of people no longer exist. And for people like me and Charles and Allie and a whole lot of you, we know that it doesn't have to be a long time past. We don't have to settle for a world without the night archetype. 
I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask Allie and uh, Charles. But before I do that, let's check. Let's check on our caller here. Actually, Charles, what do you think of when you hear the word knights? Not not from the not from knights of awakening perspective, but just just in general, or maybe before. So. The thing about knights is, for me, it ties back into the Arthurian legends. Uh, I was really, really big fan of those as a kid. And by kid, I mean I'm 38, and I still am. Uh, that has not left me. It's been a big part of my inspiration in my life. And your knights in those legends had a code of honor. And yeah, I know the reality. I didn't know the reality when I was young. Like, I know that uh, knights were just feudal lords who walk around and and you know bluster and bluff and and threw their weight around and had money to back them up. But you know that's not the idea that we were given, and it's actually not what they transitioned into. Because you got to remember, eventually at some point, people started getting knighted for doing good deeds. So at some point, the legends of knights and the idea of the hire actually got reflected in reality, where the royalty of England and of other countries as well made the decision to start knighting people based on honor and dignity, not, you know, wealth and power. So it's really funny. What I think about first is I think about, you know, the classic idea, riding on the horse, a horse 10 times bigger than any horse that has ever lived in a suit of armor 10 times shinier than has ever been shined with a long sword on their side, you know, scouting the countryside for evils that need vanquished and wrongs that need righted. And those, those last two things are a, really part of the core of the idea for the inspiration. And then from that, I think about how that has been, that fiction transferred into a reality where we began to actually knight people as a humanity. Okay. People with authority said, wow, this is a better ideal, this is a better thing, and I'm going to recognize it. And then as time went on beyond that, children became inspired to be knights when they played, and then those children who played as knights became adults who, in a sense, played as knights. And in that playing, we become the reality of it. Um, thanks to some stuff I've been getting into recently – I'm really kind of getting heavily invested in some of the ideas of Jungian archetype and psychology. And in Jungian archetype psychology, one of the things they say is that we all have our persona that we show to the world. And I think the night is that persona that when we choose to show it to the world, when we make that our persona in the real world, is us choosing to be the noblest self that we can be recognizing that as a whole self, we are going to have flaws. We're going to have that shadow in the background that is the part that we don't want to emphasize, that we have to accept that to then embrace that night as our persona of ourself, who we are and how we manifest ourselves in the world to do better and be better. So for me, thinking of the night is this journey uh, on a psychological, philosophical and spiritual level that starts with the understanding that the world has right and wrong in it and good and evil, that 
there's never been a perfect time that the legends were never real, but that we can make the legends real in our hearts. And that we as a, we, we as a society, we as a world society, we as humanity decided that not only could we do that, okay, but we legally recognized it. Okay, we, we, we gave it the authority of law and reality in our civilization that it was a real thing so that we could inspire others to take on that mantle, even if just in word, even if not in truth, if not in title of someone you're actually knighting you, but taking it on in your heart. And that that inspiration from those, those, those knights would then spread that goodness out into the world and that each one of us could do that. So for me, it's, it's the historical part, but it's also the recognition that we as, we as humanity collectively agreed that this was good and it was noble, that we could be it, that we should embrace it, and that we should reward people monetarily, but with honor and with praise for having done this so that we could inspire others to do it. This is the, this is the one word in history, okay? And really think about this. And this is, I said, this has got a lot of depth for me. And this is the one word in history that started out as a reality that was not noble, that became a legend of nobility. And then from that legend was purified into an inspirational ideal that spread throughout the entire world, okay? So that everywhere on earth, if I ask you, what does the knight do? They say, well, they go and they quest and they help others and they fight against evil and they right wrongs and they wear a suit of armor, which represents their ability to protect themselves and others. They carry a shield so they can protect themselves and others. They carry a sword so that they can meet justice against evil. And every single person on earth will give you that symbology because it's, we've created a part of the collective consciousness to see that and to understand that. And now, because of that the way it is, in a world where the firearm has replaced the sword and the car has replaced the horse and armor is worthless tissue paper, that ideal is still so strong that inspires us to goodness and is used and copied in works of fiction such as Star Wars and in animes so that if I were to tell you list five anime characters that are knightly or that remind you of a knight, if you're into anime, you could do it. And if I took any work of fiction, any idea, or if I even took any part of the world such as government or agencies or functions and I said, you know, list five jobs that are nightly or should be nightly or that should be done by nights, you will be able to, in your mind, through that inspiration, see that. And in a time like right now, with where we're at at this moment, and I'm not going to go too much into that because you ask about nights and not politics of the world today, but in a time like now, when we are confronting the evils in the world, and there are many evils on, on all sides of every equation, okay, there's there is no side that is coming out smelling like roses right now in the conflicts in the U.S. or the rest of the world. There are good people. There are knights on both sides. And because of those knights on both sides, our world has not fallen into complete chaos, no matter what the villains on each side would attempt to do to us. And if that doesn't inspire you to stand off, stand up and sound off, I don't know what does.
So that's what it means to me when I hear it. Allie, what's your take on the knights? Are they uh, are they robe wearing magicians? Um, are they pulling swords in the stone? Are they um, sitting around a uh, sitting around a round table? Are they are they rescuing damsel in distresses? Are they in battle? What what is it for you? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't hear myself get unmuted. So, <laughs> um, for me, a knight is someone who decides to take up the mantle. You can be called to adventure and still not actually do it. But that's uh, a knight takes it up as the thing that they want to do in order to help other people, help people around the world. Now, do they get benefit out of it? Yeah, they they go on a journey of self discovery. Um, it might not pay well. Most likely it doesn't pay well. We all know the military in the U.S. is underpaid, and so are our cops. Uh, but we do have self-discovery that comes through it, and if you are earnest, if you are earnest, you can impact the world in a very positive manner. If you're not, well then I wouldn't call you a knight. I would call you in it for your ego. You had mentioned earlier that um, it's not always easy to tell who the good good guys are and who the bad guys are, but the good guys don't need the bad guys in order to make the world a better place. You're absolutely right. There are cultures out there, um, one that comes to mind is the Igbo, who believe that the evils in the world are manifested by a deity, by a contract that you sign before you, well, effectively a contract you sign, that's my terminology, before you are born into this life and you have to follow that pattern. I don't think it's that way. I think that we have those things out there and the good and evil are excuses. We have we as humans have the ability to create great evil. We also have the ability to create good, great good. You have that decision. It's not something dictated by something out there in the universe. And I think that by saying that it is, that denying that you can overcome that is just an excuse to allow it to keep going on. And I believe that the knights don't believe that it has to be all evil. They might see it and be be realistic about it. It is there, but they don't have to give in, and they know that no one else has to give in, so they try. They try to get people to not give in. That's kind of the spirit that I see there of what the knightly virtues progress us to become. Mm-hmm. And, of course, here we call them agreements because, to your point, this is something that you agree to. And you have to keep agreeing to it over and over every freaking day because some days are harder than others. And some days you just don't feel like it, but you, but you, but you remember those agreements and promises that you make. And you persevere, you push on, right? Those are all great examples. 
and I'm sure those of you out there who um, took a moment to imagine what you think of when you uh, hear the word knights, I'm sure those are great examples too. I want to focus on those little things that we do within our sphere of influence. We all have a sphere of influence. Not all of us can change world policy. Not all of us can stand up to the great evils of the world. Almost every single one of us, myself included, operate within a sphere of influence, and that's locally. Sometimes only within your own household. But you can make such a huge, huge impact on the world by changing one life. Little things like helping your elderly neighbor with their trash cans every week. Making sure someone doesn't have to stand out in the rain while they're waiting for a bus that may or may not be late. Getting someone to a job interview. Helping them with clothes if they're struggling. Uh, Feeding somebody who's hungry. Standing up to a bully. and, And that doesn't even necessarily mean fighting a bully. Sometimes just a show of defense and a show of defiance to that bully or other person is enough. These things are certainly, you know, quote-unquote nightly. They're not glamorous. They're not exciting. They're not, you know, jumping through space with laser swords and, and uh, you know, leading, leading a charge into a, into a massive battle. But they do have a bigger impact and a, last, a, a, a more lasting impact on those who are touched by you. I believe that this world needs to go back to a time where we have better role models. Ultimately, to me, the knight is a role model, and I think Charles and Allie both alluded to this. They, they are, quite simply, a role model. They're not perfect. As I said a minute ago, the struggle every day, these agreements have to be chosen every single day. And we won't get into it today because we don't have that much time, but we will, over the course of this week or next, get into what the KOA believes the seven agreements are and how they impact us. But this world really needs to go back to a time when we had better role models. Because a person of strong character scares the living hell out of people who have no character. I promise you that. I promise you that. To borrow a phrase, you need to be a sheepdog. Be those, be the ones who are dedicated to keeping the flock safe from the wolves who would do them harm. Other, other things that, that the night brings, the, ideals of, the idea of the night, is ideals of self-mastery, service, charity. Defending the weak, healing the world through our works and good deeds. These are these are the ideas that I bring or that I take away from our medieval counterparts. Our goals and intentions are to empower the world within our sphere of influence. Leave it better than we found it every day by setting a standard and being a good role model. By choosing to do that every single day. 
So what does awake in the night mean for us? So as we discussed, this idea is not new. It's been around since probably like the third century. Um, every culture has their own idea or version of a quote-unquote nightly um, archetype. And this changes as time goes on. Again, depending on the culture, location, time period. And, and, and that's your history lesson on the night, because I'm not here to share a detailed history of the night. Uh, instead, we're here to share with you today how uh, we apply the idea. I think today we're going we're gonna to do this by, by talking about our, our mission statement, our organizational goals, and our OAP. These pretty much, for me, set in stone what I'm supposed to try to be doing every day. And I don't always hit that mark, and, and none of us do. Well, maybe Charles. No, Charles doesn't either. Allie for sure does. Uh, but I kid. So let's talk about the Fraternal Order of the Knights of Awakening, our mission statement. I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to give you my thoughts, and then we'll see what Charles and Allie think. Uh, I, there is a person on hold. I don't know if you're trying to listen or not. I sent you a text message uh, to see if you're just listening or if you want in on this action. Um, so, yeah, look at your text messages and let me know. We, the Knights of Awakening, serve our brothers and sisters in the world with compassion, truth, and empathy. We practice daily the seven nightly agreements and the founding principles of the order, which are responsibility, respect, fairness, and family. Today's knighthood has evolved and is more enlightened than its medieval counterpart in that there is the recognition that nobility is more a matter of the soul responding to its higher self and not blood. We carry and contain with us the spirit of knighthood, which carries the obligation of service to humanity. The distinction of the modern-day knight is those who seek self-betterment in order to make the world in which we walk and live better. Turtle Order of the Knights of Awakening is a universalistic organization, and in that we respect that there are religions and philosophies that are practiced independently from us and share common values and principles. We are open to anyone who pursues the quote-unquote, nightly path, in, in that they serve the betterment of self and others. So our mission statement is a kind of a, our, our bold statement of intent. It helps, set, it helps us set out to do uh, each and every day following the, the principles and following the, the seven agreements practice of these things, uh, we, I, I, I believe we better serve the world. We better serve the world through our sphere of influence, not, not directly, you know, we're not going to the United Nations and saying, uh, ha, ha, I'm, I'm a knight and this is what you're going to do. No, we work within our sphere of influence. We understand that, you know, quote, unquote, knighthood is much different uh, today than it has been, you know, back in, back in the day. We understand that it comes in many different shapes and sizes. Uh, there's all kinds of different nightly orders. There's all different kinds of uh, philosophies, um, religions, and paths that have a version of 
you know, what we would call knighthood in them. But our focus remains betterment and empowerment of ourself, which then translates to the world outside. And we say we're universalistic in our approach because there are many other kinds of, of philosophies and religions and paths that are compatible with our most tightly held beliefs. So if you belong to a, diff, to a different, if you belong and practice to a different, um, you know, set of ideas outside of our order, uh, you're welcome here as long as you seek the same things we do, and that's betterment of self and others. To do it, to do your best to walk a path of right action, and 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 use good deeds and service to others. The mission statement helps me stay on the right path, or what I believe to be the right path, to ultimately accomplish my goals, and as a group accomplish our goals. Uh, we can do small things. We should be doing small things to add up to great things. So, caller on the line, is that is that a yes? Can I can I bring you in? Can I introduce you? Are you ready? Are are, are you ready to to throw your two cents in there? Because he said either way. Then he says sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Before we get to Charles Nally's uh, thoughts on our organization, almost in organizational goals, our mission statement, we bring in our caller. Area code 470. How are you, sir? Well, hello, Justin. This is odd. Odd timing. My first show back in a long time, and look who, look who came and joined me. How are you, my friend? Yeah. Oh, you can't get rid of me. I, uh, you know, I've tried. I've tried, 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 tried. Uh, but I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I uh, did. So how you been? Good. Uh, for those listening that don't know me, my name is David. I started the Night's Awakening with Justin, and uh, I left the show a couple of years back. It's been a while, but um, I've been good. Doing real good. So, you have any thoughts on today's show so far? Question on the table was, uh, you know, what does it mean to be a night of awakening? You know, um, kind of going back to what the other guys said. Um, when you think about, I'm, I'm a reductionist. I always break things down to their simplest form, and that's the way I store them in my mind. Um, when I think of a night, I think of someone that. It's a warrior type archetype. It's a uh, someone that stands their ground, um, not not exactly militant, just someone that stands their ground. And then you have uh, their a connotation of representing something because a, a knight represents a king. He's out there doing the king's will. So the king in this situation would be your your ideals. You're representing your your philosophy, and you're walking it. You're doing it as you practice. And there's an overarching um, life we'll take, and that that is your path. So the next thing, you were talking about your mission statement, and I would comment on that in saying that 
the most dangerous thing that we can ever do is a half-baked idea. And I get myself into a lot of trouble doing this because I explore a lot of very strange ideas, and I have a lot of weird flex to my philosophy, um, and that tends to rub a lot of people wrong, but that's okay because that's my way of working through them. But eventually, out of sheer tenacity, I get to the bottom and I find the truth that I'm looking for. So if you don't know what king you're representing, you're in a little bit of danger. A lot of people have a manuscript, you know, a book, a holy book. Some people don't. Some people are mavericks. Some people are feeling their own way through morality. People that are like me, we have to work our way through ideas. But the general goal is to make life better. And, and and there's certainly many different roads that lead to to quote unquote betterment, and that, of course that is also a subjective idea. But if we boil it down to to something that's as easy as possible to understand, I'm kind of a simplist. I I, I like to try and boil things down, even though I may talk about them in a complicated way. I really don't think that way, and I don't know why there's that difference in thought speech, but I, I, I would agree that uh, you, you, have to, you have to be careful who you're serving. Um, and, and, well, and maybe not be careful, but at least know who you're serving, for sure. Charles, are you here? I am here. What do you think about our what are your thoughts on the uh, organizational mission statement? Well, I think Knights of Awakening has always been just as its name says. Uh, you know, our, our slogan is we want to awaken the night within. And I think that means a lot of things, really. Uh, on the one hand, we want to help people find what their one true path is. That's part of the awakening. And that's something that every Knight of Awakening wants to do. We want to help people find who they are where they're going, you know, what they what they want in their life and who they want to be. But at the same time, also, for anyone who is a Knight of Awakening themselves, we also ourselves want to awaken that knightly part within. And I've already hit on the idea of the knight and the persona versus the shadow. So I don't need to rehash that. But for, for once, my wordy nature has saved me. Um, but in that, I would say that we're trying to make people better at being who they are and at being the best person that they know how to be. And I think for the most part, we have found that in the world and in society, there are some definite rights and definite wrongs. And uh, I want to quote one of my favorite works of fiction, which is a book called Fudd, I believe in which the main character is a police officer. It's set in a medieval fantasy world with a lot of magic and a lot of uh, what I would call magitech. So things that we have like cell phones, they do it with magic. And in it, the main character was called a thief taker as an insult because that's what police are. They're thief takers, especially in the medieval era. That was all police were. And you, your, your only job was to solve the crime of theft, you know? And he said, Theft is the only crime, whether it be theft of property, theft of dignity, or theft of life. 
Now, that's, that's a bit extreme, and most of us are not, you know, up to that level or doing that thing. But I think what we realize is that there are universal rights and universal wrongs in this world to some degree. And that for the most part, most things that are preference fall outside of that until they start affecting other people. At which point, that's where the night of awakening starts stepping in in a nightly capacity. Whether it be stop the environment itself, such as when someone's having a heart attack and rendering first aid, stepping up when you're the person that knows how to do it, even if your skills are rusty. Uh, you know, that's being a night of awakening. And that's part of what our mission statement is to encourage not only those of us within it who are held to that higher standard, who are held to those agreements, and who are constantly testing ourselves and questioning ourselves, but also to try and inspire that in others, even if it's down to something like settling disputes and arguments between people, stepping in when you know someone's going to get hurt, um, or just standing up for what we believe in. Now, that one statement there, what we believe in, that's the rough one, because Beliefs are always going to contrast, so we always have to boil down to, is something being taken? That's why I said thief takers. The only crime is theft. Is something being taken or something trying to be taken? Um, at which point, that is how I evaluate, and that's how I apply our agreements to determine where to stand on right and wrong and to encourage others to use that same methodology. I will say that I think the nightly agreements are one of the best core bases or bases. How, how do you do that word? I, I want to call it bases. One of the best core bases for a moral direction because they conflict each other and balance each other. And we did a show on this a while back and it's still one of my favorites that we did when you and I sat there and hit on each virtue and then each pitfall back then when we called them the virtues. And I really think that things like justice have to be tempered with mercy. I think things like nobility have to be tempered with humility. Because when we don't, we tend to become zealous in everything. And no zealous hand has ever done the right thing. What I mean by that is that Within zealousness, we put ourselves above another, and part of our mission statement is to, in a very real way, serve the world, in a very real way, to take a step down from the pedestal. We use, we use the idea of the night to get us onto the pedestal so we'll go out and do the good thing, and then we have the agreements, we have the mission statement, we have all of that to help us take a step down from the pedestal so that while we're doing the right thing and the good thing, we're not doing it from the point of view of the zealot. So when you are saving someone's life, if, a, if another person was the cause of that, you go to the point where you want to bring justice, not vengeance afterwards. Because I can, I can tell you this, there's nothing that makes you want vengeance more than trying to save someone and fail. And this is from personal experience. Uh, not that there was anyone I could take vengeance out for for my mother when she died, but there is nothing that causes that cold fire in your heart to burn. And I believe that that cold fire is a part of humanity and that we need to use it to forge ourselves. You can take that fire and you can become a better person with it. 
And that's what that mission statement is about. You take that that part of you that is very brutal, very chaotic, very undirected, and you funnel it towards good goals and right action, but you also funnel it towards things like mercy, towards humility, towards compassion, so that when you go out into this world, you do a better thing. And I think with our mission statement, we hold ourselves more accountable to that than we do anyone else. We, and we should, we should really, we should carry the heavy weight of the armor, if you will, when we set out on this. But then in that, we don't seek to impose that on others so much as we do inspire. And that that's a lot of what it is we're doing here and what it means to be Knights of Awakening. And like I said, break, break it down into what it means. We are trying to awaken the night within. We want to inspire people and help them wake up that part of themselves that can make a difference in small ways, whether it's helping a little old lady down the street, carrying groceries for someone, or helping them replace electrical sockets in their house. If you've got skills with an electrician and your buddy has a house that needs repairs, I actually had a buddy of mine come out and do that because he didn't want me to blow myself up. <laughs> um, you know, those are nightly things. And if we inspire that in others, I think that we've held to and achieved our goal. I think that's what it really boils down to. And that's what our mission statement comes down to at the end of the day. And that it was in that we also explore all of those things that make that up in culture and society. And we welcome that exploration into our shows and into our conversation. And I can say with complete honesty that there is no show right now that is being done or that's being planned for the Knights of Awakening that doesn't have that in its core, even, even to the labyrinth. And I've had people ask, well, what, what does mysticism have to do with being a better person? And I'll tell you, when I started mysticism, I started it for revenge, which was not a noble goal. And then it became the tool that let me help others and help the world and do what I couldn't do with my own two hands. It gave me the ability to reach out and make a difference in this world in a way that limited to basic computer skills and boxing, I don't think I could have made the, the better impact. So that's why I do that with my show. And I think every show that we host, we do that in our hearts because we believe that we can make that better world with those talents, passing those talents on or passing on our points of view or helping others dissect their points of view. That's what we're here for. How about you, Am I Allie? muted? Okay. <laughs> um, I think that our mission statement definitely tells us a direction that we need to go, and it helps inform us. Um, as far as the, it states specifically that we have the nightly agreement and that we have uh, founding principles, which really not only direct our, our, our compass, so to speak, but it also tells us our priorities. So, like, Family, for example, uh, family can mean a number of things. 
family can mean your physical family, or it can mean the, the your blood family, or it can mean the family that you believe to be your family. Like everybody on this show, even though one of them probably has point of contention with me, I still find everyone here right now my family because we've gone through a lot together. And that that tells me that instead of putting the world first, I do have to focus in on those people that are closest to me, which is, you know, we, I'm, I'm really rambling right here, but yeah, it effectively just tells us the direction and our priorities and it helps keep us on that point. And that's all I'm going to say. Hey, I wasn't wordy for once. <laughs> Now, Charles took that, takes that title. Our organizational goals. Now, when, when these were written, um, there, there were things uh, being planned and things in motion, and some of these things are still kind of in motion. Um, but goals are goals, right? They're, they're designed to help us kind of um, – focus on things that we do now to help us have a better future or things that we want to have done in the future. Ours are kind of lofty and that's okay. I, even though, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, even though I have said before, you should keep your goals realistic and these goals are realistic. They are just lofty. So uh, if we, we get into that, if we will, if not, you know, take take it for what it is. Uh, first goal is empowerment and self-betterment for our members through study, training, and practice to empower their lives and by extension to those around them. This common theme, self-betterment, translates to betterment around that person. And if we can get everybody to be self, uh, to be better uh, than they were the day before, then everybody benefits from that. Service and charity, uh, to set up teams across the globe to assist in the communities where our members live in whatever fashion we can. And by providing support, leadership, and guidance to our members, our members are better able to empower a larger world by working with others in their areas to inspire good works within those areas. And lastly, to combat violence and hatred through good works and by empowering members to be a walking example of the prowess values and virtues that a night of awakening possesses. And these goals are designed to not only meet what I believe the pressing needs are uh, in our world, but it also helps further focus how we seek to accomplish these. Now, first and foremost, and David can attest to this, even when the KOA, when we first started this 11 years ago, and we were just a, a single radio show, our mission and goal was to empower people. That was to awaken them, you know. Uh, we were just trying to empower people, to help guide them to find the best version of what that means, or, or the best version of them that they could be. I believe this is still true now. It's something that I try to do. Um, that didn't change from then to now. 
the only thing that changes is how we go on about it. By continually trying to create a place where people can learn and share. This helps us all grow and learn from each other. I think that also was, was, an, was an original intent and still remains that today. Um, and, yeah, sometimes we miss the mark. I'll be the first one to say sometimes we miss the mark. But every day we got to, like, again, every day we've got to get up and choose to try and do that every single day. A night, someone, someone told me years ago that, that the word night, and I don't know if this is actual literal translation, translation, I don't care. This was what they told me a night translates to, uh, is someone who serves. So service and charity is something that we should be doing. As a knight, as someone who serves. That, that, that's, that's at least how we are going to define it, ultimately. A knight is someone who serves us or who serves. Eventually, it would be nice to be able to uh, raise money and resources and uh, create these teams to work within these, these communities where they're needed most. It starts, though, by creating an organization that's built on a solid foundation by using the principles and the nightly agreements. We look to the future. Where those, so that those who come after us can find support and guidance and who can continue that work. That's ultimately my goal. If I have one thing that I can wish for today would be to having a legacy where we pass on these things because people are still going to need them for many years to come, forever and ever. Where, where, there, are, where there is an earth, I feel like there's going to be some kind of strife, some kind of tribulation. By focusing on the individual, as long as they put forth, sorry, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm being distracted here. Uh, again, by focusing on the individual, we believe that that will translate to the world around them, one person at a time. One person helps one person. That person is inspired and helps another, and that's the hope. It's not always going to happen that way. Um, you know, you can give somebody uh, bread because they're hungry and they can still go rob a liquor store. That happens all the time. Um, but our hope is that we do serve and help others and then they in turn are inspired to do the same. Um, and I believe that that starts by, by helping people find um, a build a strong character within themselves. David, would you agree that uh, when we when we first started this thing all them years ago, that our goal was to um, empower people? Absolutely. Um, at the time, we were working off um, one of the Ashley axioms that went something to the effect of uh, when an Ashley knight encounters a wall, he he helps everybody else over before climbing over himself. Um, Along the way, we learned that um, there is no wall, or the wall is half in your head and half isn't. And if you climb the the wall that's internal to you and get over that, the actual wall isn't that bad. And now we're we've come full circle. Back to what you're saying. 
charity can take on lots of different forms, as we found out. I'll tell you guys a little Masonic secret. I joined the Blue Lodge. I would not tell you any secret words or handshakes, so I think I can get away with telling you this much. When you first join and you go in for your, your very first initiation, they strip you down, they check your pockets, they give you jogging pants and a, a bottom and top to put on, and you have to arrange them in a certain way. So you have none of the articles that you walk into the lodge with. And at one point during the um, during the ritual, the Grandmaster is going to ask you for some some token, some a penny, anything, a paperclip, anything that you can give the lodge to show your sincerity. You're not going to have it. They emptied your pockets. Little do you know, another brethren from the from the crowd that's just watching the thing, he's going to pop up. In my case, it was my uncle, and he says, "I have one for him," and he'll throw it in the the lodge master's hat, and your debt has been paid for you by a brother. That's all part of the charity lecture. Um, Justin has lots of friends, and I can tell you this, he probably won't, but his form of charity is usually kicking people in the teeth. Um, so charity can come in lots of different ways, um, as long as the intent, like we said before, is, is there to do ultimate good, it usually does, if, if applied correctly. And I just want to point out, in all fairness, and, and, and uh, these these things were written more recently than 2009. So, um, but but I I think that we captured the spirits of what we set up to do in these. Just a lot of pretty words and you know, but I. My goal is always to capture the spirit of what we've always been trying to do. And, of course, uh, as David said, we uh, we have learned over the years that these things can be applied in many, many, many different ways. Um, and, in fact, I'm going to I'm gonna hit David up offline because I think there's something fun that him and I can do together uh, for your benefit out there um, to prove that, that, that point. Um, it should be interesting. Uh, Allie, do you have any thoughts on um, our organizational goals? Can you unmute, please? There you go. There we go. <laughs> you said that they are lofty goals, and, and they are. They really are. In order for us to really get anywhere, we do have to get off the ground and get money. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I don't think they are or they're unattainable. It's just we need support. And whether or not we get them, well, that, that's a different story. But I think that these are good things to start off with. And eventually, depending on how we grow, we could act some of these and put all of our eggs into about one basket and get people moving forward on those. Because sometimes if you spread yourself too thin, then you get nowhere. But right now, this is a general idea of what we want to do and how we plan on trying to get through to that. We just got to get there. And I love all of them. They, they are things that certainly by just having them on there, we hope that we can inspire people 
to move on them. Hey, Nights of Awakening are some of these people that we've grown up with. We kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't say idolize. I don't like that word. We see them as good role models, and maybe we want to move that way too because what they're saying makes a lot of sense. That's really how I view our goals. Hey, I'm not wordy again. You're not, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling here. (laughs) I think it was my turn. Charles, we, we only have 37 minutes left, so... (laughs) All right. The organizational goals. They are good. (laughs) I I am kind of kidding. I'm not going to keep it quite that that short. Um, I wanted wanted you to see what it would be like if I wasn't wordy. Uh, No, seriously, our goals are a foundation. Everything you set out for in life, goals are a foundation. And the foundation gets changed and reinforced as time goes on. Um, I'm going to give a personal example real quick. When I started my company, I had a bank account with, uh, I think, a couple thousand dollars in it. Not a lot. Not enough to live on indefinitely, that's for sure. And I said, all right, I've got to make this into something that can support my family, give us resources so that we're comfortable, that we can thrive and not just survive because survival is insufficient. And from that, there started out those big goals, really wide goals, right? And that's kind of what we've got at the start of this. We have wide goals, big goals. As time went on, the goals became small ones. Revamp the website, add new products, add new services, change the way I'm doing business, change my terms of services so that they're more clear to my clients, so that I'm not getting screwed over, but that I'm not, you know, in some way screwing someone else over by accident because my terms of service put me in some kind of deadlock. The big goals started out, and then once those started getting met, the smaller goals became the next part of the foundation. And then those big goals would get revamped every every year or two. Actually, every four months, realistically, the big goals would get revamped a little and tweaked. And I think Knights of Awakening, as an organization, is in that is in that same boat. And now that I can say I had the experience of you know starting an organization, one well, an organization, but starting something as big as a business and then carrying through with it, I can say that that's part of the growing process. And I think we've got a good starting foundation. Big, wide goals, that's always the way you got to start. And we're setting little goals. You know, we've had uh, more shows up in the past couple of months than we'd had for about a year. We, we all took kind of a break. Uh, for me, part of that's because I don't talk a lot anymore. My throat gets sore if I go for more than half an hour. I used to be in a service industry where I talked all the time, and my vocal cords were geared up for talking. And now, eh, my keyboard talks for me more than, more than anything. So I know that my production in shows has had to drop off because if I do a full two-hour episode, I get throat blisters at the end of it. And I've had to learn to pace myself, and I've had to learn to pace my voice. Do you notice I'm not yelling at the mic the way I used to? Uh, That's because that's not healthy. That's kind of my point. We start with those big goals, and the big goal was to start our comeback. And to do that, we needed to get a little bit of momentum 
so the small goals became a few more episodes here and there, a little bit more interaction. And then with that, we're now at that next point where the next small goal is the reintroduction, kind of rebuilding that fire. And we're going to see more small goals be set as time goes on to help define those big goals and to help reinforce those big goals. And we're even going to see those big goals change before this is over. And that's not me saying that they're not good goals. It's a, that's me being very practical, knowing that every four months you revamp a little bit. Because that's what growth is. And that's how we carry on and move forward. So when you see this today, you know, this episode is going to be timeless, especially for the comedic introduction. But at the same time, some of it, you're going to say, well, why did they go in this direction instead of that one when they started out over here? And the reason is going to be because as we progress forward, we are going to take strategic and tactical stock of what we're doing to achieve the best results, to make the best change in the world that we can in a way that is sustainable for us and functional, not just for us members who are contributing, not just for the knights, okay, not just for us in the shiny armor with the shiny swords, you know, that are, are made of tinfoil, but for everyone out there is taking part in it, who wants to call in or who wants to do their part in helping us, who wants to maybe maybe like record a sketch for us or record a skit or whatever you want to call I want to call a segment. That's the word I'm looking for. Maybe for the people who want to record a segment. We're going to see things like that that will change and transition too because that is growth. So I think our goals are a good start. They're a good wide field. And I have faith and knowledge that we will expand on those and we will have more specific, more point-by-point goals coming up as time goes on. And I'm telling you this, the Knights of Awakening that you've seen yesterday won't be the Knights of Awakening that you see today, and the one that you see today won't be the one you see tomorrow, because the one thing we've learned from our experience in this, having done this for so many years now, you know, with segmented shows that are not part of the main, with the main show that brings in those segments where we come together and we talk about, you know, major topics or where people get interviewed, and we have a chance to talk to people, you know, who are out in the communities. The one thing we've learned is that nothing lives that doesn't grow and doesn't adapt and doesn't change. So we've learned this, and we've went through many transitions. We went from blog talk to self-hosting to YouTube and Facebook videos back to blog talk because at each step we were able to refine a bit more and gain a bit more direction and do a bit more with it. And now we're here on blog talk as a primary platform because this allows us to extend our reach and be able to actually get to where you who are most interested can listen because let's face it, we are a very communicative show set type. We as hosts, as presenters are very good at communication. We're very good at wording. We're very good at reaching out to that. We are terrible at video as a medium, because video as a medium is an investment type into skill sets none of us have, and it's an investment into time in a way that we can't apply reliably. You know, audio recording, you can edit in an hour, uh, maybe two. If it's a two-hour audio recording, you can probably edit it in three hours. Uh, Video, if it's a, you know, two-hour video, 
it, you can probably edit it in two or three days. And this platform lets us reach more efficiently, more effectively in a professional manner that can inspire and do what it's supposed to do. So I think with our goals, like I said, they're good and they're wide. They're set in a way that lets us reach out and do more and expect to see those goals become more specialized and specific and expect them to transform. Remember, Knights of Awakening is what we are doing, but your input also helps us refine it. And if you see something you really like that we're doing, that's fantastic. Let us know, and we'll be more than glad to do more of that. And if you see something where you feel like it needs a little bit of a change or if you see something that needs a little bit of a tweak, let us know that as well. And we'll be glad to make those tweaks where we see it necessary. And obviously, if you, you message me on the labyrinth, you're like, look, I don't want to hear about your mysticism BS. I'm going to be like, well, that's just too bad, isn't it, sugar cups? Because that's what I do. If you message Justin, you're like, look, I don't want to hear about those nightly agreements. You and your virtues can go fall off a cliff. He's going to be like, well, isn't that too bad, sweet cake? Because this, this is what we do. But on the other side of that, if uh, you go and you listen to one of my programs and you say, hey, I really miss when you had a labyrinth intro, you'll, you'll see it show back up again. If you say, well, hey, you know, I feel like you should cover more topics with less time, you'll see that kind of change happen. But if you also say, hey, I would like to see more current events covered and how this relates to that, I would like to see you take that mission statement, that wide reach, and start working on that part of it a bit more, then you'll see us get involved there. You'll see us start honing our shows. And I'm telling you, I can hone mysticism towards the mundane and the modern world that we're dealing with very easily. It's my day job. I'm good at it. But the other members also can do this as well with their shows and with their work. So this will help with that in such a way that you'll see it grow and you'll see it change. But the core of it is going to remain the same. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you knights are a bunch of bull and that no one's ever going to make any good changes in the world, you should stop listening right now. Unless, hey, you know, by listening, maybe you're listening because you secretly know you can do better and be better and be that best person, in which case keep on and uh, we'll be there with you every step of the way to get there. That's what I have to say on that. I don't know if I'd use the word sweet cheeks. You'd probably, probably be a little... Cakes, sweet cakes, sweet cakes, not cheeks. <laughs> oh, oh, sweet. <laughs> if we have time at the end, since Charles brought up our history, if we have time at the end, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go through that real quick. All right, the, so the, the last thing we're going to talk about today is our oath. And this 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 one was this one was tough to to write, and then you know because really it's it's something that we have to it's it's something that we an oath is a promise and it's something that you really again wake up in the morning and you have to commit yourself to these things every day. Some days are going to be better than others. Some days will be easier than others. Some days are going to be impossible. Each day, each day is a chance to start again. So to make this as realistic as possible, 
we went with the way we did, and, and we incorporated the seven uh, agreements in here. And let's see if uh, let's see if you guys out there can. I know you guys who are on the phone with me right now will understand uh, or know what they are. But let's see if uh, you out there um, can pick these out. It's not super hard, but we'll see. All right. So, so long as I draw breath in this life, I promise. I will serve this world with as much empathy and compassion as possible. I have faith that what I'm doing is right and just. I have hope that every life that I touch is inspired and empowered by my involvement. I will, when called to action, employ courage in the face of adversity and always stand up for what is right. Keep in mind that justice can bring terrible consequences for me and my opponent that I must also employ mercy when and where I can. I will be generous to my brothers, sisters, and strangers. I strive to always be noble in all of my interactions in the world. So again, this is a promise that each of us makes to always do our best to embody the core principles and teachings and ideas of the KOA. A promise to ourselves to always be mindful and to seek betterment every day as best we can to those around us, to those in the order, to those who are not in the order, to those we don't, we don't know, to those who may not even agree with us. promise to do our best every day. And as time progresses and as these, these things become more organized, I... It's my hope. Um, actually, it, 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 it's something that, that, that I would uh, wouldn't hope that people of the order would do. It, it's something that that's, they, they, they need to do, and that is to work and embody the ideals, these ideals by transcending the understanding of them over time from just just a mere understanding to an actual state of being. That's something that I like to. That's something that I like to say a lot, um, and I picked that up from my friend David all those years ago. It's one thing to think about something and to think about it and to and to use your willpower and to to almost will things into existence, but it's a whole nother thing, a whole better thing, to transcend even that into a state of being where there's not even a second thought, where compassion becomes the norm, where empathy becomes normal, where these agreements and these principles become normal. As much a part of you as is, is you as the breath that you're taking, as a beat of your heart. Ali, we'll go to you first this time. We think about our oath. Am I here? Uh, you're here. I don't know. Are you here? Only you can answer I'm that here. question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you just wanting me to comment on the oath itself? That 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 is correct. Okay. Points for paying attention. <laughs> I, well, you said so many all, other things that I'm like. Hmm, in all fairness. Really? In all fairness, I know she's at work too. So, so if she's a little distracted, that's that's. Okay. <laughs> I think that our oath is strong. 
and it puts responsibility onto the individual who is taking it. That's uh, something that in the Jedi community, I feel like some of our codes lack is the sense that it's yours. It's your oath. For example, uh, some of you guys may not know, but I run an offline group called Heartland Jedi, and it dates back to a long time ago, and it moved from, like, Kentucky to South Carolina now. But one of the primary things that we made in our, in our code was to make it into effectively an oath where it used a series of I statements instead of Jedi are or even we, because you can separate yourself from the we, but you can't separate yourself from the I. And when you use the word oath, even if it doesn't have the word I, for example, oath is something that you take and you, you make it and you say, no, this, this is who I have to be. This is what I have to be. So I think that that's, one of the strengths of us having an oath at all, and then the strength of the oath actually being something that being embodiment of our values and our virtues and our agreements. And you said that uh, it should be required of our members. Well, I, I think I would take it just a little bit stronger, and I would say we demand it of our of our members. Because if you're representing the the nightly path and you're going to be out there representing who we are, we we want you to live up to what we're teaching. So I, I, I really do, I value the oath. And I was looking for it, by the way, Justin. I can't easily find it on our um, Facebook page, so we need to make that prominent. Yes. Yes, I I I seen that today too, so I will work on that. Um, and 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 also, you know, we talk about our our members. Um, eventually, the goal is to is to build a an organization where we we you know people who are with us are quote unquote knights of awakening. Um, I don't expect you to take any kind of oath or whatever to listen to us. Uh, that, that's something different. But uh, certainly, if it, you know, once we set up a, a solid organization, then uh, yeah, it would be more than more than mandatory. It, it, it'd be an actual requirement for sure. Did you know? Did you know that that uh, you taught me that, old David? Transcend, trans, to transcend ideals into states of being. Did you know you did that? No, I didn't. But they don't. You know, I wouldn't put it past myself. No. <laughs> I um, uh, I don't really like this oath business, dude. Um, it just don't resonate with me. I don't. I don't. I don't feel the need to make promises. Um. Even though I would probably end up doing all that stuff anyway, just out of my nature, um, this is very hard to describe, and I'm going to put it in the terms of salvation. There are lots of people who hear their, about their religion, and they say, oh, I'm sorry for my sins, and every day they just keep doing the same things, and every day they just keep saying, oh, I'm sorry, 
I'm sorry. But to me, repentance is not saying you're sorry. To me, repentance is looking at your life and seeing how what you were doing was harmful, was no good for you, no good for someone else, and feeling the pain from that. Once you feel that pain, once you see the loss for what it is, it may have been something that felt good at the time, but uh, once you look back at it and you can see it for the loss that it was, then you have repented, and then you can stop doing it, and you will. It's not something that you'll just keep catching yourself doing over and over and over again. So I'm not going to do the oath. I'll do the oath in real life. I'll practice it because I already do. There's just this um, principle involved about making oaths that doesn't doesn't seem right with me. But y'all, go, you you guys go ahead. Do what you got to do. Well, what I'll say about that is is I, I understand where you're coming from because you know I've been there too. But then I took an oath when I joined the military. I joined the army. I took this oath, and and as I practiced. What the oath, what the oath told me, it uh, it started manifesting things in my life that I didn't realize before. Uh, when people seen the soldier in me walking around in my uniform and my sharp hair, people who understood what that meant to be a soldier because they understood the oath that soldier takes. Now it does. In all fairness, it does put a person who takes that promise, it does put them um, kind of in a set of ideas that they must project uh, when in that uniform, for example. You know? uh, and it's really hard to do that. It's really, really hard to do that all the time. What I like about oaths is that it shifts the responsibility uh, back onto the person who, who makes that makes that effort and makes that promise. Um, and I know oaths aren't for everyone. But for those but for those who need our daily reminder or for those who need a reminder of what what they're what they're focusing on, um, I think oaths are perfectly fine. But I can understand and the that- need to not have them too. And that's our common ground. If it's a useful tool yeah. to you, then use the tool by all means. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because you know what? It, it it has been useful to me. And then other, uh, at other times, it's, you know, it's, it's like, a, um, it's like well, I, I do that already. I don't need to repeat a, a, a promise. Uh, because in a lot of ways, um, many of us have transcended those words into a state of being um, and I think that that's when when I heard what you said that's that's what I thought of I thought of okay well uh, some people don't need to take that oath because they've already transcended those ideas into a state of being they do that stuff already automatically and you know what I wish I hope and I pray for the day where every single one of us in this earth needs no oaths to do the right thing. That would be a great freaking day, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be the greatest day ever? Ch- Charles, we only have 12 minutes. Charles, Charles, you there? All right. 
Yes, I, seen, I, am I seen you drop off. I seen you drop off, and I thought maybe someone had summoned you into the astral somewhere. But uh, you're back. No, not this time. Amazingly, I I have not been called to use my powers of mysticism in that way today. Not yet. Later, later, later. I'm scheduled in actually. Uh, and that's actually not a joke. I, I have things to do later that are mystically oriented. But oh, see, I'm. I'm I'm one of those people that I don't like oaths, but I recognize their value. And to understand this, you've got to understand being Norse, we believe in the divine within all things, even the profane. And what that means is we believe that there's a kind of divinity to all of the world. And our our high god, well, one of our high gods, depends on who you are. I, I personally align more with Thor, who does not break oaths, but does mess up and break oaths. And what I mean by that is that there are two ways that an oath can be broken. One of which is in complete recognition and disdain for the oath. Uh, that would be more in line with what Odin does, uh, also known as Oathbreaker. Yes. If ever there was a name to tell you what someone does. And then there's what Thor does, which is where who he is conflicts with who he is trying to be. And we see that in the Old Norse stories, and I'm a bit more like that. So when I take an oath, I recognize that I'm going to fail right out the door. And that sounds terrible. Uh, it doesn't mean I stop trying. It doesn't mean I stop being better each time. What it means is that I do a little bit of a cycle, what I call the dance. I do the best that I can. Stresses become what they are. I fall. I hit the ground hard. I beat myself up terribly. How dare I? Of all people, with the level of awareness that I've reached, I should know better. And then I realize with the level of awareness that I've reached that I also know that I'm still human. I'm still flawed and that I can only do better each day. Meaning that now that I've, I've stumbled and fallen, it's the perfect opportunity to get back up and do better. So I do so. And each day I do a little bit better. And some days I fall hard enough that I lose a little bit of ground on the direction I'm going. And that too is human. So when I look at oaths, especially this particular one, I embrace it as an oath that I've taken both verbally as of right now, as well as in my heart. And then I've taken, if I recall correctly, the first time we set that oath out to where people could hear and see it was about a half a year, a year ago that I'd taken it then. And I'll tell you, I've fallen many times, even in a short period of time. And I get back up and I do a little better each time. And I'm a better man than I was when I started. And that's the point. But the other way of viewing oaths is when you break them with disdain for the oath. At which point you can never take that oath again. And I will not do that. And I recommend that those that fall don't do that. Don't let a fall or a failing become a destruction of an oath that you've taken when you go this road with them. So when I see this oath, I see it as a tool to do better, but I see that a lot of people will also try to take it and take oaths like it. And then they use it as a way of doing as good as they can until they break. And then rather than getting back up and doing better next time, they let it break them. And I think it's important to understand when we say taking the oath, we don't mean if you fail, you're done, you're out. We're going to kick you off of life, which means we're going to kill you. <laughs> we're going to kick you off of life. You're done. You're, 
No, it means when you fail, you get back up, you dust yourself off, you take stock and inventory, you find out how you can do better, and you recognize that the oath is not an oath of to be perfect. It is an oath to never allow yourself to stay flawed in ways that you can work on, in ways that you can improve. And it's if you cannot improve, fail. It's not a path right. to fail. It is. It's, it's just a focus point. It's a focal point. That is that is exactly correct. And that if we realize that, we can be better the next time. And we can also mess up the next time. It may take a couple of times. God's knows, as I said, I'm more like Thor than I am like Odin. I have lost my temper many times. And I've lost hope many times. I'll tell you, Justin gets gets to deal with this. I come into his inbox without hope, and what he'll do is he'll play the antagonist on me until I get so furiously righteous with goodness that I start standing up to him. He'll be like, oh, good to see you're back. It's good to see that you're back. And I'll just be like, you SOB. Um, but that's part of growth. And I think it's important also when you take oaths like this, make sure you have people around that will help you in doing this. And if you don't, uh, call in. We'll help you. We're good at that. That's actually one of the skills I say. I would say each host is very good at. We'll help you with it. We're really good at it. Yes, take it away. We have, a, we have a founding principle that, that, that helps us remember that there are people we can fall back on. Uh, starts with NEF, what's it called? Um, family. We have one of those. So, before we go, I, again, uh, I apologize for the rocky start, uh, but we made it through, like we always do, and some of the best shows are the ones that are imperfect. In fact, most of my favorite shows that I've ever done in the past 11 years uh, were the imperfect ones. They they just turn out to be more more fun, um, especially when Charles takes over. And um, I'm I, I'm over here screaming inside my head because I can't get the stuff to work, and he's over there cracking jokes, and I'm trying to laugh, and I'm trying to be angry and mad and sad and all that stuff at the same time. So next week, not next week, scratch that, not next week, canceled. Tomorrow, I'm going to continue this uh, discussion, and whether or not all of you join me again is up to you. We will continue to explore what a night of awakening is, and at least one more show this week. At least one more, maybe two more. We'll see. We'll see how how far we get into this, and and. Uh, play it by ear. As I walk this path, I believe in the generosity of my brothers, sisters, and even strangers, that I always follow in their example of giving myself when and where I can. I have faith that what I'm doing is right and just. I have hope that every life that I touch is inspired, is as inspired as I was when I first found my path in true calling. When called to action, I will employ courage in the face of adversity and continue to fight the good fight, keeping in mind that justice can bring terrible consequences for me and my opponent, that I must also employ mercy when I can. To always be noble in all of my interactions in the world, 
taking the high road whenever possible. In other words, I believe in the four pillars that the KOA is built upon, responsibility, respect, fairness, and family. But I also believe in the seven nightly agreements that guide my hand, my mind, and my soul. Lastly, I believe in people just like you who help remind us of the path that we walk. I love you all very much. And until next time, awaken the night within. <laughs>